Welcome to WrestleBall Squared Circle, your source for all things wrestling. We are your hosts. My name is JT, and joining me through the blizzard, through the snow, is the one, the only, Marky B. What's going on, Mark? What's up? What's up, indeed. <laughs> What's up? Yeah, we got the first snowfall of the year, like serious snowfall, I should say. Actually, you know, we had a little bit of we had a little bit of it last week, but the winter season is in full gear. I think the um, Christmas parade is today. The Santa Claus parade is what they call it in Toronto here. Is it actually it November? Is, I, I believe it's today. Yes, the ripe date the ripe of date November twentieth. That's right. That's how we kick off the Christmas season. We're we're more than a month away, but uh, year's ending and. Um, great to see uh, sort of the AEW full gear pay-per-view, which really was amazing. Great to watch. Um, explosive. Very explosive. And it seemed to put an end of a pretty mediocre mediocre time from the last pay-per-view, uh, which we won't get into in too much detail. But basically from the last pay-per-view to this pay-per-view has been like the no zone of AEW felt really off it felt very disconnected and obviously because of the drama that happened I think a lot of people had bad taste in their mouth but as they say carry on my wayward son don't you cry no more because the elite are back baby the elite are back for sure um for those of you listeners at home we're obviously talking about full gear that happened yesterday and uh the I guess the return of the elite. I guess we'll call yeah. it. I my, in my mind, number one match of the night. Match of the match of the night. I put it up there for match of the year. I know we've been talking about match of the year last week. I know it's a little too early for those kind of conversations, but it is good to get them going early because I would say this is up there and uh, as a uh, you know match of the year candidate. This was such a good match from the entrances. Um, to, you know, the ending of the match, obviously. No surprises there. Anytime you put the Young Bucks and Ray Phoenix and Penta, yeah. it's they, they had a banger of a match last... Was it last year where they had the cage match or the year before? But you know which one I'm yeah, talking about. Yeah, which one, yeah. The Spike Jordans. But uh, this was an uber good match. Uh, as you said, uh, they had a, a fun little theme song. I don't know how they got the copyrights or... Uh, don't you cry no more. Don't do yeah, I'm sure the crowd could have carried on the uh, song if they just needed like 15 seconds before it became copyright infringement. Just start it off like that and let them sing the rest because the crowd was into it. They were into it. Um, just amazing. I love the whole like I love entrances and uh, just the way they brought them back with them in the middle with the uh, lights off and the song. Obviously, it was supercharged, super filled. I kind of wish they started off the night like this. They did start off with Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, which we'll get to in a second. But um Nonetheless, we were so happy when we uh, saw the comeback and obviously the entrance, and it just it just it just uh, created the I guess the climax or the intensity that this match would probably gravitate toward, which it did. And it seems like they listened a little bit to the podcast here because we we're talking about perhaps maybe you have uh, Death Triangle win this match, and lo and behold, they did. Uh, yeah. But I did like how they ended it. So uh, let's just talk a little bit about that. Ray Phoenix. Having a tough choice there at the end with the, what was that, a screwdriver or some sort of... Hammer. It was a hammer, yes. It was like a miniature Charles hammer. <laughs> it was really strange. I'm like, why are you walking around with that pipe? Must be an English thing where or you, Scottish where thing. Where do you even get this uh, hammer from? Maybe Amazon they sell these? I don't think anyone sells these hammers. This has come probably from the motherland itself. It looks so. like a vintage hammer. But we've seen teases of... Um, um, of uh, my goodness. Ray Phoenix? Ray, no, Ray, sorry, yeah. Ray Phoenix and um, 
uh, what do you call oh, it? Oh, Pack. Yeah. Giving him this hammer multiple times in, during AEW, like regular events. And throughout this this very and match. And this match, yeah, where he basically says, no, I'm not going to do it. And I we thought that uh, knowing that the Death Triangle are just the placeholders until the Elite came back, um, we thought this might interfere with uh, probably the match going in the opposite direction in which it went in. But, it, you know, it... It was a good tease on AEW's end to do it that way. So that way we'd have a little bit of doubt whether they would actually come out on top. So And they swerved us here. I'm not sure if they actually announced this before the match, but it ended up uh, being revealed that it was a best of seven that they're going to do. They listed the dates for all seven matches, potentially seven matches, assuming they go all the way to number seven. But how do you feel about that? Yeah, I think a, 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 a series is really good. And that's a pun sort of off the Survivor Series in WWE. That's going to be next Saturday. I'm not saying they're doing that for that specific reason. But I think it's great to have. You might as well do it this way. You know what you're getting with these three-on-three matches. And it doesn't matter how many times they've done them. They always do them differently each time. And because they're such great performers. So the next one we'd actually be treated to would be December 14th at Winter is Coming. Yeah, I'm I'm all for it. Uh, these are six very, very, very talented wrestlers. So obviously, you're going to get great matches. And because uh, obviously everyone's imagining that the Elite are going to get their trio's belt back, this is the perfect way for, for them to drop it. And I'm talking about the Death Triangle to drop it without losing too much momentum, without losing too much steam. Because it would have been uh, kind of sad if they just lost it in one match and then kind of the story goes away. But I think you have a, a seven series match. It's going to be epic. And then uh, once it's all said and done, it's good. You know, both guys, both teams, I should say, will come out looking um, better yeah. um, out of this. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I think I think we forget how successful Death Triangle actually is. You know, you have Pac as a North American champion or the Atlantic champion. Yeah, all Atlantic champion. The all Atlantic. Oh, he was the all Atlantic champion. And he was a, uh, the trios belt champion. And you have uh, Ray Phoenix. Um, that was, uh, you know, the tag titles holder. I'm um, not sure. They might even be multi-time tag holders. Yeah, I think so. Uh, with Penta there. And then Penta as well, right? So, like, these guys are pretty successful, both having the tags and the trio belts. Um, and then, obviously, you have the Young Bucks who are tag, you know, probably the greatest tag team, especially after watching this match. You really forget what they can do in the ring as a, you know, duo. Um, and then Kenny Omega, who's obviously, like, you know, up there for, like, top wrestlers, active wrestlers right now. So uh, you always have a perfect storm with these three guys. And this is the best way to utilize them right now, especially in this kind of rough landscape of AEW. Well, they're trying to try to move guys because we sort of saw some endings to friendships and, and whatnot. Um, so it was a good ending, I think, to the year for AEW. I think it's going to be a good way to put some prestige on the, those trio titles, um, especially because Kenny Omega is a top star, but he can't really be in the title picture right now because we'll get into that a little bit later. But uh um, you know, there's really no room for him at the top right now. So, yeah, throw him in there in the trios title. Make that title look legit, especially when you have the Young Bucks as the other two members. Oh, man, that trio title is, is probably going to be the most second most significant title on the AEW um, brand right now. Yeah, what? right. Well, we're going to get the match. Sorry, I, I'm totally crazy about this, but uh, we're going to get that match actually this Wednesday, um, Thanksgiving, uh, the next uh, series of this match. So it's November 23rd, which is this uh, Wednesday. Um, then you have November 30th, which is following Wednesday. Then you're going to get 21, 28, and then 11. So they give a two-week break 
uh, between New Year's and the last Game 7, I guess you can call it. Mm-hmm. So we can see them go probably back and forth. I'm not sure if they're going to be putting belts on the line for each of these matches. I feel like that would kind of be redundant, especially if you're trying to go... You know, no, no, I think this three. is the best of seven for the titles, no? Oh, is it? Because they, the match last night was for the titles. Oh, yeah. Hmm. So is that triangle that triangle has to if they win four, then what happens? Kind of thing, right? It's kind of strange. It's one of those things where TK has gone the route of not explaining it maybe fully. Because this was sort of announced like bipartisan when they should have probably announced it possibly after or before the match. Um, but it I, I, I guess it doesn't really matter if they're exchanging the titles every match because whoever wins the fourth match first is going to leave with the titles for good so could you imagine come out of this like looking at the four or five time champions or something Mm, yeah i gotta imagine that the series is for the title (laughs) not just each (laughs) individual matches because uh yeah i don't like these cherry pick stats you know (laughs) tk is really putting us in the washer if you want want to hear some cherry pick stats make sure you listen to uh last week's episode of uh wrestle ball courtside because we had some cherry pick stats on there but yeah i i I gotta imagine that the series is for the title it would be very weird if they became four time champs four time champs in the span of seven weeks exactly that would actually be that would be a very cherry pick stat right there that'd be uh yeah most, yep. most title changes in seven weeks. Although mm. we did a we did a top five on the most title changes in like a I think it was in the span of like um, two minutes. It was like four or five people, and that was in WWE. I think we did that top five a little while ago. So my, mine's a little muck, murky there. Well, we gotta, uh, gotta run go through back the archives. Time. Yeah, yeah run gotta, through the archives and bring that back. But uh, great match. I think that was the match of the night. Went about twenty minutes, which is about normal for a main event kind of status match. Besides the ending, uh, any highlights that uh, you can think of that really? I really like the Hurricane Rana that uh, uh, what do you call it? Nick Jackson did on um, Ray Fenix, mm-hmm. and they both like right out the ring. Mm. Hurricane like Rana right out the ring. Both of them jumped on the you know. I landed on the other wrestlers, Michael Nakazawa, and I forget the other guy's name, the one they always hate, spraying them with the cold. Spraying them with the cold press. Um, So that was a really good spot. But there's so many good spots in this. I like the one where Kenny does a move on Penta, then Penta does a head flip, his traditional head flip, completely freaks him out. And, uh, you know, JR says, you know, you're in the ring with six prime athletes and the Young Bucks, my goodness, so good. FTR is the greatest tag team, but uh, I think Young Bucks would like to have a conversation. Sadly, we didn't even see FTR in this pay-per-view. But I'm hoping that they're going to try and do something prolonged with FTR and Young Bucks, maybe after this trio's best of seven. Well, there was a lot lot going on in full gear, too, so I don't completely blame them for not putting uh, the... uh, Sorry. FTR on this uh, card here, especially like they had a lot of title matches on on this card. Uh, So just a lot to digest. I was a little disappointed that they sort of had the two, in my mind, the two best matches of the night right near the beginning of the event. And it kind of slowed down the rest of the event for me, but we'll get into that. Any other uh, last words for this uh, trios match here? No, I thought uh, everyone was, uh, no one looked rusty. Everyone looked like they hadn't missed a beat. So it's great to see these guys back. And I'm going to love the next few weeks of AEW. And this is exactly what they need. They've been dying on the ratings. And this will get the ratings right back there. It's just a matter of when they do these matches. They don't seem to be main eventing. They used to be like starting or middle or like right after the first start. So it really depends where they're going to put them. It depends where they want the demographics. But we're going to get some crazy demographics the next four weeks when you have these six six men in the ring. Well, I think that's a good point too. With AEW, is they like to line their cards up very oddly. Like sometimes they'll have the what we would consider the main event in the middle of a card, and then they'll finish it off with you know, I don't know. Uh, like on Dynamite, sometimes we've seen 
main events with Yuta Wheeler. Yeah. Which is not bad, but like I'm it's not going to stick around. It's, it's weird pacing. That's yeah. all. It's, it's like very weird. Some pacing. people might leave main events because of that. You know what I mean? Like walk out the show. Yeah. So anyways, uh, the lead are back and we're going to be treated to what looks to be another six excellent matches between these uh, six men. And uh, I'm excited for that. And yeah, it was a nice way, like I said, uh, to move on or not move on, but to carry on the storyline with the elite and the trio titles and, mm-hmm. and, and to kind of get back into the picture there now i, I want to sorry go ahead no i was gonna say i was i wanted to talk about uh uh well someone must tk must be listening to the podcast because we got ricky stark sighting <laughs> ricky starks fought uh, brian cage finally ending their feud possibly uh, you know their year-long feud that has been like non-existent for a little while along along with ricky starks who we haven't seen but Is it, it was due to a person even reason. really part of the feud anymore ricky starks went on with well, powerhouse hobbs had a whole yeah. storyline there yeah nobody um, even remembers brian cage yeah but like he's starting to fight again now. He's been on a few episodes and he's been fighting as well. He's great to see. He's a good worker as well. And this was a AEW World Championship Eliminator Tournament semifinal. So this is the winner of this tournament. Uh, we'll go on to face the champion, which is uh, we'll get to that who that is in a second. No, I think they just move on in the tournament. They do move on to the tournament, but the winner ultimately uh, of, of the yeah yeah. Of yeah. Of I, yeah. So I think the winner of this specific match though will face Hangman Page in the tournament. I believe. That's so he's back, eh? Uh, who's that? Hangman? Yeah. When was he was he gone for any particular reason? Yes. Oh yeah, he had the you concussion. must ha- you must have a yeah. concussion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, but it wasn't like okay. C- concussions don't normally take you out for no, but they usually they'll slow him back into it. Yeah, it's still a concussion nonetheless. And as we've seen in sports, we take that very seriously now um, because uh, concussions lead to a lot of mental health issues. When you're a lot older and uh, like suicide and aggression is two things that are linked to it. Oh, sorry. Not Hangman Page. Uh, Ethan Page, I believe they're going to face. Oh, Ethan Page. Okay. They yeah, got yeah, your page, yeah. top five pages. I got my pages wrong. Sorry. Apologies. I'll uh, ego Ethan Page. I'll ego Ethan Page who uh, defeated uh, Eddie Kingston, I believe. And then in the semifinals, defeated Bandito. Yes. So it's Ethan Page versus, well, we'll talk about the match. The winner was... Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks. It was a good match. Uh, I actually missed this one because I, I put on the show late. So what about this match uh, did you like? Uh, I just mean they were fluid with each other. They Obviously, you can tell that they were friends. So it was good working with both. They were a little slow. Looked like Ricky was a little afraid. Um, but his wrestling was good nonetheless. And it was a good back and forth. It was just nice to see them both out there. Um, it was just a technical match. Um, pretty... I would say pretty geared toward uh, what they need to do in 10 minutes, which is they did that perfectly and excellently. And Ricky Starks obviously deserved the win and uh, he got it. So uh, just nice to see them out there and wrestling again. Yeah, I think that's a big thing. Uh, I'm a big Ricky Starks fan, but like we mentioned, after he defeated Powerhouse Hobbs, he disappeared into the the oblivion. And uh, Brian Cage has been in the oblivion for a while. Uh, He's back. He has a little bit of a faction, I think, too. He has like two other guys that he... uh, kind of allied allied himself with wow can't Mm. speak english today but uh yeah i don't know i don't really like do you see ricky starks versus i think he probably might beat ethan page he probably but ethan page has a lot of push right now too so it'll be an interesting match uh nonetheless but ricky probably does have i mean ethan has a push too the problem Um, though is whoever wins uh i mean they really have no shot against the champion mjf yeah uh oh spoiler alert 
Oops. <laughs> well, we'll get into that in a second. But uh, yes, there was a title change uh, in the main event. But before we even get there, more matches to talk about. My personal favorite, Jungle Boy versus Luchasaurus in a cage. Uh, really, really good match. Uh, the one thing I found a little strange was this cage is like oddly sized. Yeah, it is. You notice that? Sized, yeah. Like one side of it is pretty close to the cage. Yeah. The other had room, room. for them to... Uh, yeah. It's a weird cage. It was a weird cage. But uh, great match. Great it was match. a good match. And the spot at the end with the uh, Jimmy Snuka-like uh, elbow. elbow. Although Jimmy Snuka did a body splash or frog splash, I guess you can say. He so did an elbow. Macho man. Broken. Macho man. Yeah, like elbow. elbow. Yeah, so he gives him the elbow right through the table, which I don't think I've ever seen an elbow drop be, being able to do that. Well, it was a weird break too, the yeah. table break, because it almost like impact. There was like a second from, delay yeah. and then the table just smashed. So, so I would surmise that that was an already broken table that was being helped. Uh, there's no way an elbow drop is doing that to a table. That's... Because it looked like Jungle Boy took the brunt of it, but <laughs> like falling on the mat, then uh, Luchasaurus did with just like an elbow. I mean, that's true. fair too. Uh, I mean, it's tough to say. The guy jumped. That must have been two, two and a half stories. That was a long jump. It was a, a big jump off the top yeah. there. Um, just a great match, though. I like the fact that Christian Cage came in, opened up the cage, and that was ultimately the demise of Luchasaurus because uh, yeah. we saw Jungle Boy started to get some heat from there. Um, but yeah, great match. Uh, and it actually ended with a submission. I recall. It did. It was a submission. Yeah. yeah. So he it did was, the, uh, STFU. Yes. He made him give up, which was cool. Uh, and, uh, I, th I thought the way that they did the match was made perfect sense. Luchasaurus yeah. was destroying him. A lot of blood. Yeah. I mean, they kind of started a little too early with the, blood, I was going to say, I, I think they botched the cut. Yeah, I think so too. Cause it just flooded his face. Yeah. It was, uh, it was a bad cut, but, um, I mean, it just really added to the story, yeah. uh, especially with, uh, you know, um, Jungle Boy coming up hot in the end there. Uh, any, like, besides the jump off the top of the cage, any real big highlights that kind of caught your attention there? Well, again, they those those two guys have a lot of chemistry again. So I like when they're doing their reversals on each other and they're countering each other. It's always fluid. Uh, that was also nice to see. But again, these guys are friends, so it's going to be a good match, right? So um it was just nice to see how hopefully they're done with i was gonna say story. here's the question though what do they do from here because it do you think they're done and they should be but do you think they are based off how the match went i'll just go with what i think it should be yeah it should be done <laughs> it should be done it should um, be done the reason why i have some doubts about that is because of the whole christian cage opening the cage <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no pun intended, but opening the cage and that was kind of Luchasaurus's downfall there. Yeah. Uh, didn't really help him, which was strange because uh, he got kicked out, I guess, uh, right after he opened the cage. Yeah, the right. referees kicked him out. So I, I thought because of that interference, maybe they continue the storyline, but maybe it could even just be a Christian Cage and Luchasaurus type feud now. Yeah, I think because Christian Cage is injured and that's a, sort of the issue and that's why they threw Luchasaurus in there. So um, it could be Luchasaurus and Christian Cage, um, or they just go their ways and just come back to it at another time. I think that's probably the best thing you can do. And that's the other thing, too. Jack Perry has a bone to pick with Christian Cage, and, and I think they have to do that match eventually as well. Yeah. So it, I, it's tough to completely close the, the storybook here, but I, I'm with you, man. I, I'm, I'm good. It'll, I think what it'll <laughs> be, if it, they do end it, it'll be like a dynamite kind of thing or yeah. that kind of thing. It won't be another pay-per-view match. Uh, yeah because you'll want to move on from that uh, right? yeah exactly and this is sort of like what we saw with ricky starks he you know um jungle boy finally gets the win now does he disappear for the next two months perhaps yeah 
So that's a little Tony Khan uh, joke there. But uh, yeah, hopefully he doesn't go the way of Ricky Starks, and hopefully he does. He, he's got some momentum right now. Yeah. This was a great match. He we, it shows that he can go. But the problem, like you know, we've always mentioned, top title is you can't go there. So where do you see Jungle Boy fitting in now? I don't know because you got Samoa Joe, which is another spoiler, who's now the TNT champion. So I, I don't know. It's just got to be a new feud. It's sort of the issue. Can't really touch any titles. Just has to find another feud. He has to find another feud that will be good for him, sort of thing. He might have to work with like up and comers as well. Yeah. Because he's an up and comer himself. But there's just, there's a lot of, there's not enough room right now. So might be something along those lines. We'll have to see what happens and what the runoff of this pay per view is before we, you know, sort of say anything more because like i said sort of felt like an ending to the last pay-per-view all that dirty dishes are out so let's see if we can start fresh again so we'll have to see what they what they decide to do with this now i've never really been huge on jungle boy and i'm not sure if you have either but do you feel his stock has grown or is he a guy you want to see more now after seeing this match or it was just sort of like it was a good match but uh not really all that into him still yeah, he's cool. Like I said, they need to change the pe- person that he's feuding right now. So I can't really say. Do I want to see him more? I don't know until I see what his next feud is. If it's going to be with Luchasaurus, and I'm not really paying attention. Same with Christian Cage. Um, but if it's with someone new, someone who will give him a challenge, someone who might be younger, you know, a younger heel or something like that, yeah. I'd like to see that. But uh, I think I'm done with this. So, you know. Yeah, this specific storyline, I think I'm done with as well. Uh, we can only stomach so much jack uh jungle jack perry uh versus luchasaurus matches because it seems like they did one like almost every other week so all right uh moving on from there um i mean jade cargill defeats nyla rose uh i do like this match for the fact that jade cargill was finally tested a little bit uh but she's still undefeated and um you know that's a little disappointing (laughs) Yeah, it was a good uh, feud, actually. Nyla Rose did a great job with taking the title hostage. Yeah. Calling herself the champion and then uh, having a great match. It was only eight minutes long, so I think that's perfect. Uh, they did a lot of power moves, but Jade looked definitely defeated. Defeated victory is what I'll call that, uh, where she did beat Nyla, but she looked pretty, like, tired Yeah, it, it was it, so. like the first match we actually seen but, her take some big, uh, yeah, big but hits. But you're not going to... You know, How many of these kind of matches are you going to have? You don't have specimen like female specimens that can do this to jade otherwise jade is just like towering over everybody but uh yeah it was a good match and that, continues the storyline i think they need to well well they got to figure out a way for first of all jade to to drop that title i don't think uh this title has really helped her and they got to actually rebrand her a little bit because like you said you can only do this goldberg thing for so long um i felt kind of the same way with warlow and at least now warlow has these big meat matches <laughs> and we'll talk about the powerhouse Hobbs and, and some Joe match in, in just a second. But uh, yeah, uh, there's just not enough opponents. Like you said, Nyla Rose is probably the only one on the roster right now that fits that bill. And it would have been nice if Nyla Rose got the victory here, in my opinion, because now you can finally get away from the undefeated streak, which in my mind is a gift and a curse whenever any wrestler has an undefeated streak, because eventually it has to come to an end. Um, do you, did, did you gain any stock from Jade Cargill from this match or you just want to, eh? Yeah, I don't, it doesn't matter really. Um, it was, I think it was her best match to date Mm -hmm. and that was because Nyla Rose also made it her best match to date. Uh, so I will say that. So that's, (laughs) that's, that's what it is. Like this is her best match to date. 
Uh, she looked like she she's a champion. She looked tired at the end of it. She looked like she worked for it, but she normally hasn't been looking like. So I'll say that. Um, I think this is, like I said, this is her best match to date and she can either grow from here or we'll figure out something else. So uh, that's sort of what I feel about it. But now she still has to defend the TBS title. So how do you grow when you continue to have the title? It's in? it's growing in terms of matches. She has the promo more or less down. She has the physique, obviously. So she's just about it's just about the wrestling now. Um, and again, Nyla Rose was a great worker. Um, so she made her look really good too. Uh, so Nyla, again, she'll have to be better in the ring and that's sort of how you're going to go. Um, you're going to be facing a lot of smaller ladies, so there's no reason why suplexes and stuff like that aren't in your repertoire, um, along with like big moves. Like That's what you got to do, big spots, big moves. That's who you got to build on and be. You're, you're, you're a super athlete for a women's division, and especially in AEW. Like You might not get away with that so much in uh, WWE, where you have um, uh, Bianca Belair or Rhea Ripley or like um, Bailey, like these bigger girls that... Like bigger in terms of like athleticism and muscles that could probably take you on or suplex you, right? So you got to utilize that until you carry on because um, not your wayward son, but uh, if you face Nyla Rose, someone in that stature, you know, those are the people that are going to give you a little more trouble in terms of what you can do wrestling ability-wise because you look gas at the end of that. So that's what I think my advice to her would be. Um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be difficult. She just beat Nyla Rose, and then there's no one yeah. else of that build on the roster. So do you do another Nyla Rose match? Uh, probably not. But, um, yeah, it's, it's it's just kind of difficult you could to book her you with could this still, roster. You could still do another Nyla Rose match. It would still be good because this one sort of, like, has good fumes with it, too. You know Nyla can take her, and she, Nyla's probably the only one who's taken her that far, really, arguably speaking. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think you can do this match again. Um, and make both of them look good or whatever do a non-title and let her win or something but then her streak would be done so yeah so that's kind of the that problem that's yeah, yeah double-edged sword yeah. when you have that kind of a, a build but uh, they're doing better though yeah. keep it up aw at least there's some improvement on the jade cargill and uh moving on here we had chris jericho facing brian danielson claudio castellanogi and uh sammy g for the RH World Championship, I thought this was a decent match and uh, pretty good storytelling between Chris Jericho and Sammy G. Yeah. Uh, how, how did you like this match? Yeah, it was a good match as well. Uh, it was basically um, the Blackpool Fight Club versus the Jericho Appreciation Society, but in a Fatal 4-Way match. So I thought that was kind of um, interesting, a little different, because um, we, we all know that all four of them are going to be gunning for the belt. Um, Sammy Guevara probably being the young buck that uh, you know probably had the h most hype next to Brian Danielson uh, to probably get that belt. I thought they might give Brian a belt uh, just because he's been work. You know he's been a really good worker this year, um, and uh, he's always come out just like John Moxley has for the AEW. But uh, Chris Jericho ended up winning this match, which was the most surprising thing in my opinion. Uh, Chris Jericho's stock is always interesting. He gets some big wins over some big guys, and he's gotten like two or three wins. I think two wins over Brian Danielson, the wrestling machine. Um, but uh, Chris Jericho looks like he's not going to stop ever. And there was a few times when you thought Sammy was actually going to take the reins uh, from Chris Jericho. So well, it was a great, like you said, great storytelling, but it was very good between Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara, if nothing else, being not only allies, but opponents in this match. So great, just great all around uh, storytelling in this one. I, I think uh, I think so, man. Like uh, the first tease in the match when Chris Jericho kind of confronts Sammy and nothing really bad happens at that point. And then Sammy later on in the match does the... Uh, the handshake into uh, his finisher and then into, I think it was a shooting star press or something off the top ropes. 
thought it was over. Thought that was going to be it. And we had a new champ. Obviously, that didn't end up happening. Um, but also on the other side, Brian, uh, Brian Danielson and Claudio, they had a, a little tease there as well where they kind of wrestled each other. So I thought that was really cool that you had two factions there, but they also had some interfaction storytelling in, in, in that. And obviously, when we talk about the main event, the Blackpool Fight Club, we don't know what's going on with that next because uh, we had a little bit of a heel turn on the main event, and we'll, we'll get to that. So the Blackpool Fight Club might be in jeopardy. Um, so who knows what happens there, but uh, great storytelling. I, I do think Chris Jericho is always going to be an entertaining champion, and he's done really well with this ROH championship. Um, so it was a good match overall. Um, not the most like technical, I would say, but uh, the storytelling was there, and I was interested throughout. Um, Chris Jericho, well, you know, what's next for him after this, and especially him and Sammy G? Do you think uh, this is a feud, or do you think Chris Jericho, like he mentioned in his, uh, I think it was his interview after the match where he kind of said, no, 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 like he's a competitor, and it's everything's all good. Yeah. Um, you saw that, right, where he was yeah. with Jake Hager, and they interviewed him, and he was kind of just saying, yeah, I mean, Sammy's a competitor, and but, you know, I'm Chris Jericho, and I didn't lose the belt this Could night. be. Yeah. They sort of start all the little small feuds like that. Um, but uh, I don't think Sammy G turns personally. No, I don't think so either. Yeah, I think him and Chris Jericho, like, that's just too good for them too. It's It works too because Sammy G typically just does his own thing. But when Chris Jericho needs his help, he's, he's there. He's there, yeah. So I like it that way. Hopefully they keep it that way. But, you know, if they ended up doing a, a feud between those two, that probably would work as well. Yeah. Um, Any contenders you could see for that title i know it's not the most prestigious title but roh world title i mean something well he gives a prestige right because jericho has the roh bell so it gives a prestige um is there anybody you'd like to see jump into that picture i guess i'd like to see any jap a new japan wrestler sort of jump into that uh who i don't know it'd be fun to see anybody really from new japan um jay white or like one of the younger guys will offspray and whatnot jump in and try and get the belt i think that's a normal way route to go um, I don't really know who else you could probably put there. Like, yeah, you could put someone like a Keith Lee there or something, someone who maybe deserves it. I don't know. But I think I'd like to see the New Japan version of ROH, which they've done a few shows already. Then you might as well go this route. I think I think with the out the af, the out uh, sorry, the outcome of the main event, uh, you're right, the Blackpool Fight Club might be done. I think John's gonna probably go on uh vacation. Um, we'll talk about the about and then obviously uh, Claudio and uh, Brian Danielson would be a great feud for both men to have, and they'll be it'll be more like more a respectful sort of face feud. Um, so I think that'll probably take them out of the ROH title picture for the time being, um, and Chris Jericho can just continue being Chris Jericho. Maybe Sammy and him might have a match one on one just for sport, which I think would be fun to see as well. So I could see that going down. But Chris Jericho definitely going to come out and win, possibly. By dirty tactics, and he's just gonna tell Sammy, "Well, you know, I'm Chris Jericho. That's what I do." And Sammy's gonna be like, sort of like a learning curve for him. I can see that, like a sort of thing going on. The only problem I would have with that is, is would be very similar to Chris Jericho and Daniel Garcia, where they kind of had like matches for sport. Yeah. Um, and we weren't quite sure if Daniel Garcia had flip sides, and then eventually he remained allegiant to uh, Chris yeah. Jericho. So. Um, that would be my only issue if they did a Sammy G Chris Jericho feud because I could see it going the exact same way. I completely forgot about uh, Daniel um, Garcia as well. You forgot about DG? 
Yeah, I forgot. I forgot about DG. So <laughs> I could see him and Sammy even getting into it because they're basically the two top heads, two top second heads mm-hmm. in that organization. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that would be an interesting feud to have. Unfortunately, it's within the own faction. So you may have an inner inner faction feuds, which are not bad either if you do them right. If you do them right, absolutely. Yeah. It's uh, actually kind of interesting. Well, right? like like you said, or like we both said, uh, Chris Jericho, Daniel Garcia was a perfect example of inter uh, squad feuds. Yeah. Uh, looks like we're gonna get one with um, we might yeah. swerve in our glory as well. Looks like that's yeah. gonna happen, which was kind of nice because I'm I'm done with the tag, but I, I could I could be down for a little uh, swerve in our glory feud there. Um, okay, so uh, yeah, I mean the, a lot of uh, interesting things came out of that match, and these are all four wrestlers that I think uh, we're excited to see move forward. Well, maybe not so much Claudio, but Sammy G, Brian Danielson, Chris Jericho. I'm I'm always interested to see what they have in store for them. Uh, Soraya makes her debut losing to, uh, or sorry, beating Britt Baker, um, in a, it was an average match. Yeah, it was an average match. Good. Nice for her return. You can see the emotion on her from the entrance. And then obviously her victory, it was a great move for her. I thought Um, she had a great look. Uh, that jacket she was wearing when she came out was, uh, it was nice. Yeah. yeah, Awesome. Her family was there as well. I gotta give uh, big ups to Britt Baker though. I thought she did a great job, um, leading this match very professional and that's who you do it with if you're going to make your return is someone who can handle it obviously Britt baker is a constant professional and a champ ex-champion obviously um even uh, mercedes which uh, i forget her name now sasha banks tweeted that let's go ladies let's get it so this was definitely a match that a lot of lady wrestlers actually were watching so um yeah it was done properly it was about a 12 minute match which is a little long, especially for Soraya's, you know, debut. Yeah. Debut in what five years? Five years or whatever years. it is. Yeah. So uh, it'll be interesting to see where she kind of goes from here. Um, she definitely needed to beat Doctor Britt Baker, and that's definitely a big victory, in my opinion. Um, but uh, Britt Baker was out there by herself, so it doesn't hurt her either. Her heel, her heel ways anyway. Well, Britt Baker to me is feeling a lot like Seth Rollins post title. In that she kind of carries herself with her name, and uh, even with losses, she it doesn't really matter what the results are because everybody just wants to see Britt Baker in action. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was the perfect uh, debut for Soraya. Did she feel like a top contender for you, though? That's that's I, I guess sort of my issue. When you see kind of these big returns, like a CM Punk. Well, for a women's division, yes, it's pretty big. So I'll say that. Uh, like, based off of the match, though, like, were you so impressed from the match that you're like, oh, yeah, she's go- she's a world No, leader. but you're not going to be, I think, on your first match back. You can sort of, first match back, but you can sort of see her, uh, she's a little nervous sometimes, she's a little anxious sometimes, you can see that, and hopefully that'll play out in time. Uh, but no, right now, I wouldn't say she's like a top elite, like, there, she, like, definitely Britt Baker looked a lot better, but it's Britt Baker, so it's not really, you know, her, her, you know, the way she fights is just another level too, right? So Yeah, and look, I agree with your point there. I don't think it's fair of me to say that, but at the same time, just because she is such a big name, you would think that uh, she jumps right into that title picture, but I didn't really get that vibe from this match. Uh, I think she will need a, a little bit of time to kind of get back in, into her, her prime there. Uh, but in terms of name value, eventually we definitely got to see her uh, in, in in the title picture there, which uh, has actually, well, maybe we just jump into that match quickly and then we'll go back to some of Joe and, and Sting and those matches. But Jamie Hayter 
becomes the new interim women's champion. That was a bit of a shocker. I mean, I talked to Jamie Hayter about, you know, getting a title match. I didn't necessarily think she was going to win it. She didn't technically win it. That's the interim belt. But she'll be fighting uh, Thunder Rosa. <laughs> Thank you there, Mark. Thank you. Uh, no, Well, she won the belt that's in action. This is the belt that's uh, currently active. I mean, what do you want from her? Yeah, I suppose. But she's she's not technically a champion. When you go back at it, no, neither Tony Storm nor Jamie Hayter are champions technically until Thunder Rosa def- defends that belt. It, just, it was shocking, though. To see that they gave up on Tony Storm. Well, I think that was my 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 main point was the fact that we thought we were going to get the Tony Storm versus uh, Thunder Rosa match uh, because they had the way things ended off. They had so much beef, uh, you know, in the Twitter universe as well. They're throwing shots at each other, um, so we thought we were going to get that match, and uh, it doesn't look like we're going to get it now. Yeah. Um, we might get it in time, but this was sort of out of left field. Yeah, I mean, I could definitely see Tony Storm getting this belt back in the coming weeks as well. That's true too. She could win this because the belt don't mean nothing, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, it means something. It means something. It means you're the number the number two, like Afro Samurai. You're you're the number two headband, right? You're not technically the champion. You're not technically the best, right? There's someone better than you, and you know it. Right. Uh, that's one way to look at it. But uh, when they had the AW interim title, when uh, was it CM Punk that was injured, and John, yeah, Moxley, John Moxley won the interim won, yeah. title? Did you say that was nothing? It's still nothing. Yeah, ah. it's still nothing. Uh, Mark always finding ways to hit on Jamie Hayter. I don't know what his beef is with her. Um, she, she, I'm listing facts. I'm just listing facts. She ain't actually the champion. Well, first, well, you're moving the goalposts here, Mark, because I don't think you thought Jamie Hayter was going to beat Tony Storm. No, I didn't think she was going to beat Tony Storm. But now that she has, uh, she's not the she's not champion. It anyways. wasn't a great match. Uh, it wasn't a great match. I'm not saying it was a great match. I'm 15 just... minutes was way too long for these <laughs> ladies. It should have been done in eight minutes. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh. like honestly, Soraya faces Jamie Hayter. Soraya should win. If to- she faces Tony Storm, I mean, that's maybe Tony Storm can beat her there. So that's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, I know. I it's disagree. Tough to say. So uh, again, Soraya didn't really impress me too much from her match. That I think that she all of a sudden beats uh, Tony Storm, Jamie Hayter, and the top contenders. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think she'll need a few more gimme matches before she gets there. Maybe face someone like uh, shoot, I forget the Wildling girl. The Wildling, the Wildling girl from uh, uh, WWE. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Sarah Logan. No, the the, the one the one who came from NXT. The wildling girl? The one who got just like a couple months ago got destroyed by Jade Cargill. The one who beat the local Toronto talent. (laughs) (laughs) You know exactly what I'm talking Uh, about. Not Nightingale. Um, No, 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 no. no. Oh, man. She's a big name, too. I apologize. I can't remember names for the life of me. Um, But you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. But But someone like her, a solid mid-carder. Uh, if she could beat her, then yeah, throw in the the contendership. Ember Moon, Amber, but Moon, her yes, like but AW. I forget name. her AW name though. <laughs> oh jeez, uh, well, Amber. That's that's. Uh, I apologize. That's very disrespectful from our part. But uh, Athena, Athena, yes, my goodness. Thank you, uh, Google. <laughs> All right, so yeah, I, I would like to see Soraya face some of those matches before uh, she just jumps into the title picture. But listen, listen, you want to get listen. into the acclaim match there? The acclaimed. If you didn't see, 
If you didn't see Max Caster's rap, the extended version, I highly encourage you. Drops a lot of names, a lot of relevant things, and it was actually pretty funny. (laughs) It was all right. It was good, man. Listen, (laughs) listen. What was weird? How come they didn't do the scissor part? They did the scissor. Oh, they didn't do no, it with each other for it. some reason. He didn't say it. They did it, oh. but he didn't say it. Were they in Saudi Arabia or Qatar? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the question. If they did, then you know. Because Anthony Bowens normally listen, says Listen, you'll right? live without you live without scissoring, okay? Is it is it because um a daddy ass was in there? Maybe he only does it when daddy ass is there. Maybe, maybe. Uh but, but he, still Daddy Ass did come out to, in the in the middle of the match yeah. uh, to uh save them. Yes. Because it looked like uh, Swerve Strickland was about to do some dirty business. Dirty dude. And Daddy Ass was not having it. Um, Sounds like a bad porno. (laughs) This match was okay. But I think the storytelling was spot on here. And I think we saw what we wanted to see. And that is uh, Swerve in our glory. Looks like they're finally breaking up because Keith Lee just walked out on Swerve Strickland. And that's how the match kind of ended. Swerve Strickland got destroyed, obviously, without Keith Lee. And that was that. Looks like they're setting up for a inter-faction swerving our glory feud. Um, you want to see this? Because I, I am, I'm okay for it. I'm okay uh, with this uh, matchup. Yeah, I don't mind seeing Swerve fight uh, the glory and see who who, <laughs> who comes out on top. They can the have glory. a whole. They can have a whole Shakespearean act go on swerve versus the glory of the glory or the glory of the swerve and then they can do their weird talking and stuff and their medieval will ask i mean if people who didn't don't watch wrestling listen to us talk right now they would be like what the hell are these guys talking about swerve in to swerve or not to swerve (laughs) is the question um, I yeah, mean, it would be cool. A nice way for this feud to kind of end because I was kind of bored of seeing the claim versus Swerve in Our Glory and a good way to start the Swerve in Our Glory um, storyline with those two facing off with each other. So I'm glad that this match happened. Not necessarily glad that we had to see these two tag teams again uh, facing each other, but glad with the result that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, came came from it so yeah uh who wins that though swerve strickland or keith lee it's got to be keith right i think so keith should be pushed for a title he's got to be with those big meaty guys um uh what do you call it Wardlow, big joe samoa joe and uh powerhouse hobbs he's in there with those guys i think that that would be a nice foursome right there well let's jump back into that uh triple threat match Samoa Joe ends up picking the victory, picking up the victory, sorry, in a kind of the most weasel way possible. Knocks uh, Warlow out after he gives the Powerbomb Symphony to Powerhouse Hobbs. Uh, so he knocks him out with the TNT title and then he submits Will Hobbs here. I mean, yeah. Hobbs really drew the short end of the stick here. Yeah. I mean, it's tough because you need to sell all three guys. Unfortunately, you, there's just no means to do so. Yeah. How, how did you feel the match played out how did you like it yeah it was okay i thought uh warlow might have gotten away with this but uh i guess they gave it to joe so joe's not only the um tnt title holder he's also the roh television title holder which i think is kind of cool with that multi belts i could see someone like warlow winning both belts from him as well it kind of opens up a little bit more it'll give samoa joe a little more airtime as well as he'll have to defend two belts so I thought it was okay. It was Warlow's run was like all the other runs, in my opinion, sort of lackluster um, mm-hmm. once again. So we'll see what Joe does with the belt. But kind of a quick turn there with in terms of Warlow having the belt and then losing the belt to a, I guess, a former tag team partner. 
and then obviously powerhouse was the one who took the beating the most well took the submission took the powerbomb so, symphony he yeah. definitely lost i thought they did a good job of making warlow look powerful obviously doing the powerbomb symphony on powerhouse hobbs that was a, a really a sight to behold powerbomb house uh so i thought yeah I, I didn't i don't think warlow or samoa joe lost any stock but powerhouse hobbs definitely in my book just looked uh I mean, he someone had to lose, I guess. I would love to see Powerhouse fight uh, Keith Lee. That would be an interesting fight. I think you got to do these one-on-one monster fights, which you're probably going to get with Samoa Joe versus Wardlow. And then, you know, whatever else happens. But that's going to be an interesting fight as well. Well, I do like the fact that Wardlow uh, is finally competing. You know, he, he fell into that Jade Cargill uh, type run for a long time. Even throughout his TNT uh, run, he, he had a bunch of, you know, gimme matches. And so for him to actually have some competitive matches, we can finally transition him into a proper wrestler, a, mm-hmm. a competitor who, uh, you know, will have a great match with uh, the future of tomorrow, which is, you know, Kenny Omega and MJF and all these guys. Because prior to that, it seemed like, you know, we saw him versus MJF and he kind of completely destroyed him, which hopefully doesn't happen in the future. Right. So that's the problem with these type of bookings. Uh, where do these gentlemen go from here? Samoa Joe obviously has a title, so he can do whatever. He defends those. But Warlow, Powerhouse Hobbs, where, where do you see these guys going from here? You're probably going to rematch. They'll be saying this all, all, you know, all pod. They're going to probably, they're going to have to promote the Samoa Joe versus Warlow match for the belt. That's probably going to be what it is going forward. I don't know if it'll end up being on the next pay-per-view. I doubt it. They don't usually do that. I mean, Powerhouse Hobbs, you can really do anything with him. He's just a heel right now. So there's a lot of faces in the company. Um, he could go after anyone or anything. He could probably team up even with Keith Lee and make a pretty powerful faction there. I could see that going down and the beating up Swerve. Um, I mean, there's no, there's nothing he can't do, really. He could fight Ricky Starks. He could fight Brian Cage. You know what I'm saying? Like, I guess my question to you, though, is what do you want to see him do? No, just be a heel and fight someone else, I suppose. I mean... All right. Kind of, right. he could fight Jungle Boy Jack Perry. You know, I'm just looking at who fought last night. Powerhouse and Jungle Boy would be nice. Obviously, Jungle Boy is going to have to beat him, and I'll be a big versus a small match. There's many things you can do with someone who's that muscular. So uh, I just hope they do something with him. That's that's the biggest thing because mm-hmm. he sort of came in there right at the end um, to be in this match. Well, Joe was actually the one who to run in at the end of the match and become a triple threat match on uh, Dynamite, obviously. But uh, hopefully, he is a little, little more longstanding. He could even fight like a Darby Allen and just beat the shit out of him for like weeks, which is what they sort of already done with him. Um, so he can be used in that way. All right. Sounds good. Uh, Sting Darby Allen versus Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. I didn't actually remember too much from this match. Yeah, it was just a throw me match. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of a gimme match. Uh, I am happy Sting and Darby Allen won, I guess. I think Sting's uh, run in wrestling might be coming to an end. Um, it seems that way. Uh, he obviously has had a lot of really good matches with Darby Allen, but uh, I think this little run has kind of run its course. Exactly. And it's no fault of their own. It's just. Not really much to do with these two anymore because, yeah. uh, you know, they had really good feuds when they faced. Uh, oh, now I'm drawing blanks here. Was it? Uh, they had good feuds with everyone they faced. House of Black when they did that. The Rusev Cruz when they did that. A whole bunch of feuds. Was it Brian Cage that they had originally? And, and Powerhouse yeah. Orlo, something like that. Yeah. Ricky Starks. Yeah, those were good. I think it's time for Sting to fight Darby Allen. 
Ah, I, yeah, that's the last thing to do and call it a day. Call it a day, I think. Um, I mean, I love Sting too, but uh, I don't see him enough. And I was really disappointed I didn't see him in Toronto uh, which and Buffalo, which yeah. uh, unfortunately, I, that was on my bucket list. I guess that's just maybe not going to happen in my lifetime. Uh, but yeah, I think it's run its course. You can sort of see the pillars sort of rising on their own, especially, um, and breaking apart from you know their humble beginnings, as they call it. But I think Sting and Darby Allen next year's pay per view would be a good fight. Possibly, maybe calling an end to Sting. I don't know. Obviously, it's hard. It kind of hard to say that. But I, he is going to be participating. So, I think so. I mean, because the thing with Sting though is, I would like to see him get a title run then. Like, not a title run, but go for the belt. Like, a title shot. I don't know if he can do that. I don't think he can, man. But uh, it would be nice to see him <laughs> do that, right? I don't think he can. I, I think uh, you face, not you, but Sting faces Darby Allen and call it a career at that point because... Uh, I'd like to see a Sting-MJF match. I think uh, MJF could help, could carry Sting in that match. Just being a heel, too. Beating a boyhood legend, like a legend killer type. I'd like to see it. It doesn't have to be a pay-per-view match, per se. Uh, but if you're going to go out, you might as well go out. You, Darby's going to beat you and then let MJF beat you. It's good, right? Yeah, I just don't see how you do it, though. Like, how do you mesh the storylines? MJF is uh, he's going to be facing contenders and real you know, not, feuds. And for a guy who's a part-timer and doesn't hasn't actually had any like real storylines, it's, it's hard to just write him into the title picture. Uh, you could do it. I'm sure there's a way Tony Khan could do it. But I don't know. I think uh, the Darby Allen match would be a perfect send-off for him because this is what it's culminating to over the last couple of years. You know, he's been... They've been joined at the hip. So this is the match that you definitely need to have. Uh, but yeah, I guess a Sting versus anybody match would be awesome. But uh, I don't know, man. I don't think Sting has much left in him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can't, I'm not going to persuade you otherwise. I'm just saying, if these guys going to leave, might as well give him like a title shot um, and then let it be sort of like that. That'll be a nice way to go, although you do lose it. But uh, yeah. Um, but uh, I guess that leads us to the guy that I was talking about, the MJF, who incidentally beats John Moxley for the belt. Almost no surprise there. But the means by which they had this ends is probably going to be pulled into question, especially for the Blackpool Fight Club. Like we've been saying, there's going to be a lot of discussion between these guys and there's going to be no Waffle Houses or Pancake Houses that's going to be able to affiliate what just happened there. One of the biggest turns um, by the faces of the business happened. John Moxley, William Regal, Pants, MJF, the Nux, because, M because William felt that MJF was treated harshly. I guess MJF's promo on him about that harsh email that William sent to him, which was very nicely written, touched William's heart, throws him the num nunchucks, num brass nucks, and he uses that on John Moxley. One, two, three. For the new AEW Heavyweight Championship of the world, MJF. He's better than everybody, and he knows it. Oh, man. Uh, great storytelling in this match. Uh, MJF throwing away the uh, dynamite uh, diamond ring. Which is like shedding what, their humble beginnings. Threw it away when, when William Regal came, actually, to make this, you know, quote-unquote save there. A swerve. Uh, yeah, but it was only a swerve. Uh, he obviously gets the brass knucks. Oh, man. This is the 
this was the way that we anticipated the match to go. It went the way that we thought, and yet I was still like pleasantly surprised. You know, I was happy with the results. Uh, oh man, this is a great way for MJF to start his title run, and it sh hopefully be a super long reign. Question is, does William Regal align himself with MJF now? Yeah, why not? You gave him the knocks. You might as well. I think the question I asked is because MJF doesn't really need a manager. He's his own no. promo. He is his own man. But it just helps his heelish sort of look, I suppose. He he definitely looked like a strong heel last night. And William Regal will just add on sort of like a Paul Heyman of, of sorts, I guess you could say. He's definitely not on the level of Paul Heyman, but he is there in terms of... Uh, what he offers, I guess, to bring. And MJF needs someone with him as a manager, honestly, as a heel. Doesn't need it, but like as Does a heel. Does he? Like Paul Heyman, he, he goes with guys who don't necessarily promo, promo well, right? Yeah. But Brock promo is amazing now. You know what I mean? He does. Roman promos really well now too, right? You don't even hear about Heyman no more. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, so, uh, but not when they started. It just makes MJF a little stronger because MJF sort of turned on that crew that he had hired as well, which he's probably going to have to get payback on. At some point, I would assume, maybe not sooner than later, but nonetheless there. Um, and uh, you sort of have, you know, William Regal would just help heelish MJF a lot more. But the, pro the I think the biggest fallout of this is the Blackpool Fight Club and sort of what happens. I think John Moxley's probably going to go on vacation. William Regal will probably be with MJF. Uh, then you got to, uh, Claudio and, you know, D Brian Danielson and Yuta Wheeler. Um, Yuta's probably lost in that mix because he's sort of in the league of Daniel Garcia um, in terms of wrestling. Um, I, I have him higher than uh, Claudia, though. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you have a lot of things you can do there. I mean, they, you have you basically have a feud of Yuta, Brian Danielson, and uh, Claudio for MJF and William Regal to go through. So that'll probably last until the next year, I would assume, where they might give BD a chance at the belt. And lose to MJF. Well, it, I that's how I would book it. I, there's so many ways you can go about this because uh, MJF is just such a blank slate. You can do any which storyline you want. Brian Danielson makes the most sense for me because, like you said, Moxley has to go on vacation. This guy needs his vacation. Uh, now, Blackpool Fight Club is broken up. What better than Brian Danielson to kind of step in and, and uh, replace John Moxley, defend his honor, sort of, so to speak? And uh, have a nice long feud with MJF, culminating in obviously a loss. I don't think Brian Danielson's the guy to take the belt off MJF, and nor do I think MJF is going to have that belt taken off for a long, long, long time. I could see you know a couple years um, easily for MJF, uh, but you never know with Tony Khan. Um, with that said, like so many ways you can go about it. How would you book MJF moving forward? Yeah, going through the Blackpool Fight Club probably makes the most sense. You have a so each of those members there. probably okay. you probably have to go through them because William Regal will probably have his people will be looking for his head. So it makes a perfect storyline for MJF to sort of get involved there if they decide to go that route. Probably makes the most sense. He comes out looking good. John Moxley's not there, and then everyone sort of moves on to probably whatever happens at the next pay per view is whoever is going to emerge, you know, as a star in the next three months for MJF. It's going to be a baby face or a face. Um, well, he's also going to get the the winner of Ethan Page versus who did we say? Uh, Ethan Page versus Ricky Starks. Uh, none of those guys are really on that level, but uh, that is something that's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, regardless if we like it or not, uh, I think a Ricky Starks MJF feud could be interesting. Like, obviously, Ricky Starks is severely. Uh, <laughs> um, well, their prom their promos are both great. 
So you'll, you know, you won't be lacking in that department. No, I just mean in terms of the odds, you know, like NBA yeah, is going to be heavy, 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 heavy for yeah. So I don't think that will be a pay-per-view match. It'll be more like a dynamite kind of thing. Um, but yeah, that'll be weird. If it's actually, yeah, if it's Ethan Page and Ricky Stark, Ricky Stark is most likely coming out of that as you need a baby face or a face to face MJF and then MJF sort of just ruins him. So mm-hmm. that'll probably be the most likely outcome. But uh, terrific, uh, I mean, way to end the event. The match itself was just okay in my mind. Yeah. Like I didn't think it was anything crazy, crazy over the top. No. But man, that no. storytelling was top notch. It was good. And then a- the- AW, you're back, baby. We're talking about stories now. Yeah. Which is what you guys need. And that post-press conference by MJF was hilarious. Um, Obviously playing on the CM Punk post-conferences as well. Swore quite a bit, actually. uh, But came out looking really funny. So, great work. Yeah, a little too much swearing for my liking. uh, But uh, MJF is going to MJF. I'm excited to see his uh, promo. That's I assume he's going to have one on Dynamite or something coming up this week. Yeah. Uh, that should be really, really good. And it'll be interesting to see what uh, or how William Regal is going to spin this and, and what he has to say. So that, that'll be good. Uh, interesting to see he wasn't at the press conference. You thought maybe he might be there because, you know, everything that transpired. Um. All right. Uh, now, a couple of notes here. Uh, did you see the surprise challenger for the IWGP US Championship? Yeah, that was pretty cool to see Kenny do his little promo for the belt. Um, yeah, I thought it was awesome. Yeah, uh, that'll be really good. We're always into the AEW New Japan type uh, partnership, so this this should be a good one. And and what better way than Kenny Omega returning to New Japan? Because uh, obviously, when he left. To go do AEW, there was a lot of bad blood there between the Young Bucks, uh, Kenny Omega, and New Japan Pro Wrestling. So, um, yeah, that'll be a good one to see. I remember when that whole debacle went down, uh, there was stuff about how his visa got canceled because of New Japan's influence and all that stuff. So it looks like it's water on the bridge now. Uh, And the other thing, too, is um, Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay, they've always had sort of this feud um going on since this past year so that that, that'll be a good one as well all right uh, another quick note on the iwgp side we got a new women's champion first ever women's champion that goes to uh kari i guess she's going by kari now uh awesome to see i thought she was uh retired but i guess she just wants to stay in japan yeah i think that was the issue i think she she was married She's married to Evil, I believe. Yeah, so I think it was uh, she just wanted to go back to her, her family, her husband. So, uh, yeah, I think she did swear off wrestling, but she's been wrestling for the last year, I think, because they asked her. They probably gave her a schedule that she could work with. So, um, yeah, she's at home, like you said. It's awesome. It's awesome to see, obviously, a WWE product and Kari Sane win a championship belt. Uh, she wasn't long. She wasn't there long. She wasn't here long enough for her to win the WWE belt. But, uh, yeah, that was cool. Yeah, I don't think. Really, she was ever at that upper echelon, uh, which is sad. Well, she won the NXT belt. She won the WWE Women's Tag Belts with Asuka. Um, so she was she was on the route um, and uh, right, just didn't get there. Um, all right, so moving on over. Not a whole ton on WWE to uh, recap, but we are having a Survivor Series, uh, which will be next week, I believe. Next Saturday. Yeah. Next Saturday, so that should be a good one. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and skip WWE for this week and move on over to... With Survivor Series in mind, it's time for the five-point play, brother. 
This week's five point play top five. Uh, well, not really top five, but if you had to do a Dream Survivor Series team, who are the five wrestlers? Uh, so we actually did a little rock, paper, scissors. The way we did this was um, I was face. Mark's heel, so he's going to make a team for heels. I'm going to make a team for face, and we went one by one, and uh, I don't know. How do you want to do this, Mark? you want to go one-off, or you want to list your team? Uh, let's go one-offs. All right, so I started things off with uh, none other than the ultimate face. Well, not really the ultimate face. He was the ultimate heel for a long, long time, but we believe he's a face now. Kenny Omega. I hear the battle cry. He's back, baby. Uh, that's a great pick. Probably, arguably, the number, uh, probably the best face right now in the business, would you say? Yeah, but it's tough to say because I don't know. Yeah, what he is. <laughs> yeah, what he face. is. Right now, we we, we we said based on last night, he'll be a face because everyone's just happy to see him back. Because the, the problem is, how can Kenny Omega be a face with Don Callis, the yeah. ultimate heel weasel manager? Yeah, so uh, what I did to actually combat Kenny Omega was choose, obviously, the head of the table... Roman Reigns, the UC one himself. And with Roman Reigns, you probably get uh, Sami Zayn in your corner. I so get Sami Zayn, nice. Sola Sequoia. Yeah, nice little... Uh, the Uzos. Nice little addition there. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think that was a great... That'll probably be my captain for the heels team. No doubt about that. Same with Kenny Omega. So, no issues there. Um, Start things off in the second round, Mark. So, I'm going to choose Finn Balor, heel for the Judgment Day. Uh, it probably fits in greatly on this roster. Uh, one of the best wrestlers um, out there. What yeah. do you got, Joe? I had no choice. AJ Styles. Mm. I mean, given. The, yeah, the current feud and the current their, his, feud, and their history. history. Uh, same Styles. type of wrestlers. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be a banger. Yeah. Um, all right. So I'm going to throw in, uh, you had to. It had to. Team of faces. John Moxley, none other. John Moxley, yo? Uh, John Moxley. I think Foxy this is an easy Moxley. choice for you. I thought you said you're giving him vacation, and now I see you're dragging him back from his vacation once again. You, my friend, are not a nice guy. But what I'm going to do is, based on what happened last night, I'm going to have someone who's better than John, and you know it, MJF, Maxwell, Jacob, Friedman, champion, Be AEW better champion. Better than John. Better than John Moxley, and you know it. Oh, I don't know. I think bing, 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 I think uh, three times sounds a little better than one time, don't you think? Uh, now it's about his time, and that's all that matters right now. He's on borrowed time, he's baby. On borrowed time. No, probably not. I think he's gonna have a really long reign. So good choice there. Uh, you want to start things off for the fourth round? I'm here? gonna go with the the freaky dickhead one himself, Seth freaking Rollins, and I think he is a great heel. Seth Rollins Damn. is, uh, I mean, how many nicknames does this guy have? The Messiah, Monday Night Messiah. Yeah. Uh, was it Rollins? Raw is... Raw is Rollins. Something like that. Yeah. Rollins, I don't even know, buddy. But anyways, he's the ultimate heel. Uh, I, I agree with you. Um, perhaps uh, what uh, your boy Austin Theory could be one day. Um, I see very a lot of parallels there, but... If you're going with Seth Rollins, I got to go with, uh, and this is a bit of an IL stash, but Cody Rhodes has to be the man Cody. Uh, to tackle Seth Rollins. Yeah, Cody's the ultimate face right now, especially in the business. So that's a great pick and definitely rivaling Seth Rollins. He's beaten him a few times. So, Well, if he yeah. was active, he could potentially be the captain of this team, yep. but uh, he is yep. not. Yeah. 
Um, all right, to round out the team here, uh, for team faces, I'm going with none other than Drew McIntyre. Scottish ass. I just wanted a really big guy. Yeah. So to meet your big guy, <laughs> I got the almighty. And while it's sort of, he's sort of bipolar, not face or a heel. I just, I'm just doing it off based off what he did to Brock as a heel move. I got the almighty one himself, Bobby Lashley. And he's a monster. So I think you can take Drew. So these are pretty, pretty stacked teams on both ends. It's hard to say who might come out on top. Um... I mean, it's pretty clear that the faces are going to come out. I don't know, man. Roman Reigns don't lose matches, my <laughs> friend. So I'm pretty sure he'll wilt. He'll God mode wilt a, a victory, my friend. I mean, based off of momentum, yeah, you're probably right. Roman Reigns, MJF, the two hottest wrestlers in all of pro wrestling yeah. right now. Seth Rollins, Bobby Lashley, Finn Balor, all active don't, wrestlers. Don't throw those names in there. With all, active and, all active wrestlers. <laughs> <laughs> there's no IL stash up in this joint. <laughs> all right. There's no right. returning after three months. There's none of that going on here, my friend. All right. All right. So uh, the final matches here we got are Kenny Omega, AJ Styles, John Moxley, Cody Rhodes, Drew McIntyre versus none other than Roman Reigns, Finn Balor, MJF, Seth Rollins, and Bobby Lashley. And that rounds out the five point play for this week. And. That rounds out this podcast, which was mostly full gear, but uh, yeah, full it basically do- dominated the wrestling scene this uh, week. So uh, make sure to subscribe if you like this podcast. And as always, Mark, last words. Mero Zero.